We're into our series on heaven, and um, we're using Randy Alcorn's materials uh, to talk about heaven, and this is like week five, I think we're into that, and so we've talked about how heaven is a gauge, how it's, it, it, it gives us a direction and a purpose for life. We've talked about how this discussion of heaven is not just a discussion about things that happen only at the end, but really what it is, it's the, it's the culmination of things that began in the beginning. So, you know, that, that Genesis is bookends. It was started, it was flawed, and now it's being restored. We talked about last week about how um, heaven gives us um, something to shoot for. It helps us to give direction to our life. And we continue to go back to that discussion of really just understanding that knowing about heaven is really important. It is not something that is just um, there for us to think about as we are on our deathbed. It is not something for us to just think about as we're about to go to a funeral. But heaven, when we understand it rightly, and when we've grasped all that there is in it, gives us purpose and direction for each and every day. So we're going to continue that thought today. We're going to continue that theme today. And, you know, I I recently recently said this. Yeah, matter of fact, yesterday, or one day, yeah, yesterday I was in a store, I was looking for something all over this place. I'd walked all over the store for it. Finally, there was a sign that said exactly what I was looking for right there. And it was there all the time, but I never saw the sign. And so I wandered all over the store for a while before I found what I was looking for, although there was a sign. You know how that is. You know, is that that when we are looking for things, there are signs for those things very often. And yet we miss them. Things that were always there, we miss them. And so in the Bible, one of the things it speaks about is it says that we will rule and reign with him in heaven. And so we, because one of the things is we think about heaven, we think, well, what will we do? It will be boring. We all have nothing to do. Are we singing all the time? You know, is it the harps and the halo thing all the time? But scripture clearly says that we will rule and reign with him. And yet that's something that's really hard for us to grasp. You know, it's like, what, me, a king, a ruler? How is that? What am I going to be doing? Who will I be over? Who will be over me? What will I have them do? All that kind of stuff has come to play. But Scripture very clearly says, you can just look at Scripture. And it begins to talk about all those things. Do you not know that we will judge angels? 1 Corinthians. If we endure, we will also reign with him. 2 Timothy. Reign, and then in Revelation 22, it says we will reign forever and ever on a new earth. It's there. It's always been there. You know, and then in Revelation 2 through 5, it has all kinds of stuff there where it speaks about ruling and reigning. It says, I will give you the crown of life. Chapter 2, verse 10. I will give authority, I will give you authority over the nations. Chapter 2, verse 26. Hold on to what you have so that no one can take your crown. Crowns are only given to people who are ruling. So, you know, they're not just given for decoration. I will give you the right to sit with me on my throne. I mean, it's not sitting on his knee like Santa Claus. You're there for a reason. Chapter 321 says that right there. Revelation 5, 9, 13, it says, when we shall reign on the earth. And so when we talk about what is it we're going to do, 
It's very clear. It's just that I think we don't see it. We don't understand it. And so, because, so often, which is the case, is when we don't under, I mean, this is especially true for me. When I don't understand it, I don't do it. When I'm not sure about it, I avoid it. And I guess that's probably partially why we have taken these passages and we've downplayed them, we've pushed them off to the side, we've not paid attention to them, because we don't really know how to understand them. Because we're unsure about them. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that the fact that, there, that we do know what we know should be quite a bit. Um, there are a few problems that people have with ruling and reigning. You know, One of them, and it has the same thing to do with rewards, one of them is, is that you know, the idea about rewards in heaven is confusing. Because isn't that, doesn't that fly in the face of selflessness? of sacrifice. If I get a reward, I'm getting something for it. I thought that this whole thing was supposed to be stuff that I served and I didn't get attention and, and I didn't do things for myself and, and like I'm doing this for him. And you're telling me I'm getting rewards? That seems to be working against what you're telling me. It seems to be like two truths you're teaching that seem to be flying in the face of each other. They don't seem to jive. <clears throat> But the fact of the matter is, is that 1 Corinthians 3 talks about that we, will, that we will have our works tested and we will be given rewards. And there are those that they say that when they hear that, that such a system as this would tarnish the works of a Christian by making the works about the reward and not the rewarder. Did you get that? that in other words, that, that my works here all of a sudden are about a reward I will get, not about Christ. And yet, that's not really the case at all. And that's not a flawed system. It's not something that we've, we've made up on our own. You reread it in Scripture many times that he says, I'll give you rewards when you come. And so, one author says that we cannot expect divine rewards if we think God owes us something. Catch that. Let me say it to you again. Should have made a slide. Didn't do it. We cannot expect divine rewards if we think God owes us something. Now, do you think that it's common for us to work against feeling that God owes us something? When you work hard for a test and you don't get the grade you thought, you feel like you worked hard for it. I should have gotten such and thus and so. When you have worked hard in a career and you come to a place where you think that that promotion was mine, I should have gotten it. And so often what we do is we take those things and we say that God owed that to me. We think that God owed us explanations for circumstances and events in our life. We think that God owes us something. And so that's not an uncommon thought to have to address that. And so if we think that these rewards that we talk about are because God owes us something, then you're right. Your system is flawed, not God's. He says, but we, he says, but we can't expect God to keep his promises, one of which is to reward us for the good deeds that he himself works in us. Hear it again. We cannot expect divine rewards if we think God owes us something, but we can't expect God to keep his promises. So you see, this is not about us getting rewards because we think we earned it. This is about God keeping a promise when he says, you do good works, and I'm going to reward you for them. 
And that's a promise he made, and that's what he gives us. And so it's not a flawed system. It's God's system. We have a problem with it. We have a problem with it. So the, so the same thing is true when we talk about the ruling thing here. Me, a ruler? Alcorn has, has said in his book, he said, that many people have said, I've got a problem with that because it's not my idea of heaven. Well, what's wrong with that thinking? What's wrong with that statement? Talk to me. What's wrong with this statement when someone says, it's not my idea of heaven? Huh? You're not the designer. Yeah, right. Anyone else? What is the problem with that statement, it's not my idea of heaven? Talk to me. It's selfish. In what way? Why is it my idea? Right, right. Anyone else? Control. Yeah. Control. Anyone else? Jeremy? My idea out of life. My idea, yeah. Like, what made me the wealth of all wisdom? We, I mean, like, you take, we, you take this earth and what we've done to it, and do you think he would give us another one? No, it's not our idea. It's his idea. And what he says is that I rule, and you will rule with me, and I'm setting up a system. I'm setting up a kingdom. He speaks about it throughout Scripture all the time. And so really, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, not, about, it's not about our idea. It's about a bigger idea. You remember last week when we talked about the peephole? And we said that, like, Scripture is a peephole into the future. We don't see everything that he's talking about. We can't grasp everything that he's, he's telling us about. But we can get a peephole where we look through that peephole, and it's distorted, it has a funky angle on it. We can see through it, and we can see this much of it. We don't see everything else. And so when he tells us that in heaven you will rule and reign with me, all we're getting is a peephole vision of that. All we're getting is just a glimmer of what is to come, of what he's talking about, of what we can anticipate. What we can begin to understand from this is, number one, it's not going to be boring. Number two, it won't be a whole lot of downtime. It speaks of structure. It speaks of relationships. Matter of fact, that's one of the things that we can say is that this kingdom is not one that is is relationally hierarchy, but socially hierarchy. In other words, it's not that I'll be sitting around and I'll be looking at Brees, I'm like going, how come he gets that and I got this? Or I'll be looking at Tim and I'm like going, I'm, I'm really glad I don't have that. You know, I wouldn't want to have to be ruling over that. You know, It's not that way because all of a sudden our focus won't be around us like it is in this life. See, this, in this life, that's what we're always focused on. That is the problem. And that's what we're talking about, why heaven is so important. Because in this life, I'm constantly looking at you. And I'm looking at John's jacket. I'm saying, that's a pretty cool jacket. I'd like to have that jacket. I wonder how much he makes him make that kind of jacket, you know? I'll be looking at him and go, that sucker can't even afford a jacket. I'm glad I don't have one like him. In this life, our attention is always horizontal. It is always saying, I'm glad I don't have his problems. 
I'm not like him. I don't have that problem. Why don't I have that? Why don't I have this? Why do they get that and I don't? In this life, everything is horizontal. So we take and we think, that's what I'd be like in heaven as well. In heaven, they won't be looking at other people. We'll be looking at him. In heaven, our attention won't be at others. Our attention will be on him. So when we think about ruling and reigning, it won't be about what others are reigning over. It won't be about what others are given. It will be about, you gave this to me. This week, I think it was Alcorn, I'm not sure. I read a post, it was speaking about that, you know what? If, if, if someone of, of authority, someone important, came in this room, <laughs> not like any of you not important, but let's say someone more important than any one of us, all right? Came into the room and said, like, this is what I'd like for you. Lee, I have an assignment for you. Lee, I have something I'd like for you to do. You know, the first thing he'll walk out of here and say, he gave me a job. I'm here on an assignment from that important guy in there. And this is what he's asked me to do. I'm here on a job from that important guy. Can you please take care of this? He said so. And so that's what we have in heaven. He will give us uh, you know, stuff to do. He will give us things to reign over. He will give us, you know, we will be rulers with him. And in that, we will be excited because we will have not received this through a written page. We will not have received this because someone told us he said so. We won't receive this because, like, we just heard about it. It will be that he will sit down with us and say, this is what I have for you. Face to face with Jesus. And you'll say, this is what I have for you to do. This is what I want you to be about. And in that, I personally think that I will be excited about ruling and reigning and doing and working for him more so than what you're doing. For the first time in my life, my activity, my motives, my intention, I'll be focused for the first time in my life. It'll be amazing. And it'll be because the king of heaven, the resurrected Jesus has given me a task to do. And I won't be worried about you. And I won't be worried about what you're doing or not doing. I will be focused on what he gave me to do. That's how it will be different, ruling and reigning in the next life. That's why... It'd be something that we just can't fathom in this life. The whole idea of reigning with him falls right in line with what we talked about last week. Last week we really focused on that in Genesis 1 and 2, God set up a perfect world where everything was in harmony with itself, where All of creation, plants, nature, everything about nature was in harmony with mankind. And mankind was in harmony with one another. And mankind was in harmony with God. And in that Genesis 1 and 2, God gave mankind a job to do. But in our sin and our rebellion, we broke that, we ruined that, and we began to do it wrong. 
And so when we think about ruling and reigning, it's natural to think that he gave mankind a job to do in Genesis. And in Revelation, in eternity future, he will again give mankind a job to do. But in that, we won't mess it up next time. In that, we won't rebel. We won't sin. We won't be jealous. We won't want what we're not want, what's not given to us. It will be perfect. It will be in harmony. And it won't be ruined. So it falls right into place with the other things we've been talking about. In this life, and our very best efforts to be good rulers, we've still fouled up. In this life, most of our rulers, our kings, our dictators, our presidents, our emperors, whatever they may be, whatever title you attach to them, they have been the good, and most of them have been the really bad. You know, in this life, even, but then there's been some who have been good men or women, but they've still been inept, ineffective. But we really do know about, don't we, the bad rulers. Well, that is our experience in this life, under the curse of sin and in rebellion. In the next life, under the righteousness of Christ, that won't be the case. We'll be ruling in a system of absolute righteousness and justice. And this is not going to be a system that has a hint of jealousy or pride that we already talked about. No, in this, in this life, this service is going to be one that what we will be doing in the next life is going to be based on what we have done in this life. Matthew 25 right there just says, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a few things, I will put you in charge of many things. So when we read Christ's words, like in Luke 14, where he says, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. All of a sudden, we're beginning to come to grips with God's economy. And because we're so used to hierarchy power, and an authority being something that says, you do this or else, because the or else is always the whip that makes people do it because they're never motivated to do it, are they? People want to do their own thing, or they might not do it the way we wanted to do it. But in the next system, it won't be like that at all. There won't be, the, the hierarchy is not one that is heavy-handed. No, in the next life, the hierarchy is that the humble are exalted. Matter of fact, I read a really, uh, off topic, sorry about this, but I have to do it. Um, Remember, I'm not focused in this life. Um, I read a really great post speaking about God's economy and how we struggle so hard with that he values the humble, the least of these. Uh, I'm trying to think of where I had the discussion. But it was talking about the body of Christ and how he says in, the, in that passage, he says, but those, there are those who, who are, and he goes to those, he goes to like Owen, my son. He goes to Sadie and he says, those little ones are so important to you as a body. And you need to understand that. He speaks about those who are disabled, those who can't give back. And he says, they are so important. He's speaking about the elderly. He's speaking about the deaf, 
the blind, the lame. And he says, they are so important. In his economy, he is not looking at the man in this room who has the largest business. He is not looking at the family who has the largest home. He is not looking at the family with the most net worth. He is not looking for the one who has the most employees. He's not looking for the one who has a phone call into Governor Corbett or President Obama or anyone else. He's not looking for anyone in this room or in this life that has that kind of influence or authority. He's looking for the one who has probably very little. He's looking for you. Faithful followers, faithful fathers. He is looking to you, tireless mothers. He's looking to you, obedient children. He's looking to you, faithful followers of Jesus. Those who will probably have very little influence or power outside of their own home, outside of their little cubicle at work. And he says, those who are faithful and little, I will give much to. That's the system. That's the economy. That's the way that he works. And in the next life, when he speaks about a hierarchy of authority and ruling and reigning, the reason we don't grasp onto it and say, I'm, I'm excited about it, is because we've never experienced it in this life. But he gives us something to be excited about in the next. Personal confession. I'm so, are there any politicians in the room? I don't think so. Okay, good. I'm so disillusioned with our process and our elected officials and our government. At one time, I was excited because I thought that they would represent me. And I thought that they were about justice. And I thought they were about righteousness. This is personal opinion. This is not church doctrine, okay? There you go. But the sinfulness of man and the removal of the gospel from a culture leaves man to not be just, to not be righteous. I long for something I've never experienced. I long for something that I'll never have in this life. I long for something that I know I'll increase, that I long to be away from something that I will increasingly only be more exposed to in this life which is greater injustice, greater unrighteousness, greater oppression of the weak, of the feeble, of the powerless. Our culture says that we are all about giving power back to those who have none. That's not the way it is. It doesn't happen. I'm firmly convinced that one of these days, our culture will look at Owen and say, he costs us too much money, and he gives nothing back. They will look at us as older people, and they say, it costs too much to keep you alive. They say that that's what they're about. But money will always drive it, and the sinfulness of man will always 
dominate decisions. I'm anxious for a place where that's not the case. Aren't you? Does knowing about heaven really have value to our life today? It does to mine. It does to mine. Because my experience here is not one that I want for eternity. And I've been promised one in eternity that I can't even fathom. Does heaven influence our daily life today? I hope it does yours. It does mine. Knowing someday that I will sit before knowing someday that I will sit before one who gives grace to those who undeserve it, who don't deserve it, who gives mercy to those who shouldn't have it. There's no court like that in this land. There's no judge like that in this world. There's no king like that who's ever lived, but one. And someday I will be with him, and you will be too if you know Christ as your personal Savior. If you've taken him as your Messiah, you will be with him too. And everything that stings about this life will be a thing of the past. And because I've never tasted that kind of justice, because I've never tasted that kind of righteousness, I admit, I don't know what heaven's going to really be like. But I've read about it. I've seen the guidebook. It looks really nice. I want to go there. Don't you? Let's pray. Father, in this world, the people with titles have authority, power, and prestige. But Father, in your world, in your kingdom to come, the busboys, the custodians, the truck drivers, the taxi drivers, the guys that mow the lawns, the guys that have little power, little authority, no renown, Those who are humble will be those who reign. I think that we will arrive uncertain about what to expect and shocked by what we see. But that is the way you are. That is how you are. You value the things that we don't value. You honor the things that we think are not worthy of honor. In this life, you call us to small things that we think are unimportant. And those are the very things that you think are very important. That you would use to exalt your rulers, those who will reign alongside of you. Father, adjust our hearts and our minds to your truth, to your economy, to your way of working, to your upside-down, backwards world Adjust our minds to that. Continue to transform our hearts and our minds so that we will think like you, so that we will love like you, so that we will serve like you, like like Mark was talking about in communion, where the king bows down to the servant 
and epitomizes humility, ultimately with the death on the cross. Oh, woo us, woo us with your grace, with your humility, with your mercy. In your name we pray, amen. Let's sing together.